Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I am Ryan McCarsky. Ryan, how are you, my friend? I am great, Danny. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am overwhelmed this morning with literally the presence of the Lord. Um, and I am going to start right off the bat with Psalms 95 and Psalms 100. Um, as we are, you know, before I read that, I'll say this. As we have been just diving into Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit, I love it because God has given us, he's been giving me opportunities to hear the Holy Spirit in other levels. He's been giving me opportunities to, to, to allow the oneness with him to allow goodness and long suffering and kindness and peace to flow out of. And I love it as you study a thing, Ryan, that God gives you opportunities to demonstrate that which you are studying. And I don't know if you have found that, but man, it's, it's just been a, a wonderful, wonderful journey with the listeners, with those who come every week. And again, and we say this every week, but thank you for coming and being a part and listening to us. You can choose any other podcast, but some of you download this faithfully weekly. And I'm going to say if it has blessed you if it has, and if it has it, if, 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 it's, if it's encouraged you, like I believe it has, send it to somebody else. Let someone else be blessed by it. But Ryan, I've, I've been finding opportunities before I go to Psalms 95 and Psalms 100. I've been finding opportunities to demonstrate love, joy, peace, long suffering. For, for sure, Danny, I, I, I feel like it seems like every every few days um, I just get the almost like a, a reminder from the Holy Spirit of just some of this godly character that we've been studying based on the fruit of the spirit and what does that look like um to walk that out not just spiritually but from a practical standpoint because we have the spiritual aspect of things and we have the practical aspect of things and we all live a daily life and what does that look like for kindness to flow out of us how do we as we talked about in our previous podcast how do we interact with kindness, which is the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus, right? How do we interact? And then how does that flow out of us as we enter a room, even without us trying? So it's it's been really interesting to, as seeing, like you said, opportunities to show the Holy Spirit, to show Jesus to people just based on um, some of some of the studies we've been doing. It's been wonderful. That's powerful, man. And, 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 and it's, 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 he continues and you just mentioned kindness because I see, I see a lot of it is like, he wants it to do it to you and then he wants to flow it through you. Right. Um, but I, I, I can't wait to dive in to show the difference between goodness and kindness. Cause I, I feel like kindness is really flowing out of us, but goodness is something that we really have to catch before we can even give it out. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those things of, of the part of the spirit that unveils the nature of God. I think like, like, like love. I mean, it's just one of those things that man, once you cap are captivated by it, 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 it changes your, it changes your perspective of life and where yep. you're going and how you see things. And I want to read Psalms 95, one and two and Psalms 100, one and two. And, and I was 
just thinking about the presence of the Lord, because remember, all of this is stemmed from the presence of the Lord. We do not read the fruit of the spirit as an exercise to try to get um, through an intellectual point of view, right? Uh, we want you to get with the oneness of long suffering, with the oneness of kindness, with the oneness of goodness, with the oneness of faithfulness, right? And, and how do you get that in his presence? And listen to what Psalms 95 says, and I'm going to say that again, in his presence, it says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence. So David is assuming that you have a practice of coming into the presence of the Lord. He is assuming that this is a normal practice. He said, as you do, come this way with thanksgiving. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Now, almost the same thing, but I, I, I wanted to put these two together because the Holy Spirit put it together for me. Psalms 101 and 2 says, make a joyful noise, shout to the Lord, all you land, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. And so both of them are invitations. David is inviting us to be living from the presence of light, right? David is the one that says, one thing that I desire, right? He, his desire was to be in the house of the Lord. I love David's heart because he always desired to be in the presence of Abba. And Ryan, I saw it this way when I looked at both of these together. An invitation in, a, in, in a, a great way, if you don't know how to enter into the presence of God, because I think I want to get practical. Sometimes we, I told you last week, I, I was telling someone in, in, in a counseling meeting uh, and, 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 and I was like, you know, in the presence. And I was like, we have to break that down more practically. And I think one of the more practical, because it's easy for us to say, go. it's easy for me to say, be in his presence. And I, I, I automatically think, you know what I'm talking about. But I think sometimes... Folks don't really know what that means. And I'm just being honest. And, 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 and I still don't know the fullness of it. So I'm still learning what it means. But one thing I can say, an invitation is always made to be in his presence, to come into his presence. And I think through Psalms 95, Psalms 100, one of the greatest ways that you can enter into his presence, one of the gateways, one of the, the, the keys to unlocking him in this face-to-face -face meeting is coming, singing about Thanksgiving. <laughs> as we enter into the the month of thanksgiving coming singing about thanksgiving like you may you may think man that's just foolish to what but i'm telling you when you are captivated by his presence one thing i know that is a, a hallmark of someone captivated by his presence there's always a song coming out they sow in their spirit there's always a song it's a melody when you silence yourself there's always some song and so, you know, the reason I'm mentioning song, because I think song helps us like there's a song as we get into mama this week, we're going to talk about the goodness, but we're going to start with the presence of the Lord. Um, there's this good song that reminded us about the goodness of the father. It was called, is it, you're a good, good father It's who you are. Right. We used to mm -hmm. sing that and we, and we still sing it. Yep. Right. Yep. But coming into his presence with Thanksgiving and coming with a song of Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just, just that will usher you in into a face-to-face -face encounter with God. And if you haven't experienced that, ask the Holy Spirit, give me a song that I can sing from my heart and my soul that will allow the windows of heaven to open up in a place where I can walk in and have this face-to-face -face meeting with Abba. 
And that's so good, Danny, because you were talking earlier before we got on here about how you like to listen to instrumentals and stuff to, to kind of usher you into the presence. And those instrumentals allow for the Holy Spirit to move on your heart to come up with songs. It may have been a song you've heard before. It may have been a song from 20 plus years ago. It may have been a song you heard yesterday or something that the Holy Spirit gives you. But I think, um, yes, however you can, whatever comes to your mind, whatever you're singing to the Lord, thanking him, praising him, worshiping him, you could sing scripture if you want. People, people have done that. Um, but whatever's going to kind of, it's it somehow like you said, unlock something that allows you to get to that place where you can hear clearer, you can have a, a stronger connection, a stronger interaction with the, with the Lord, for sure. Worship and praise are access as keys to the throne room of God. And, and you can get God's attention easy when you give him worship and praise. He, look, look at what the word scripture says. He inhabits the praises of his people. Look at what uh, uh, John tells us about the Samaritan woman, right? He told him, he said that the Lord is seeking who is worshiping. His eyes are going through and forth to find out who's worshiping him in spirit and truth. So, the, so look at the posture of the father is I'm looking to the earth to see who's, I, there's a beacon, like your worship and your praise becomes a beacon home to heaven. That it says, oh, there, there goes, they're giving me glory. They give, I'm going to go inhabit that. You want a quick response from heaven? Worship. You want a quick response for his presence? Worship. And in it, you get the whole host of heaven. Think about it. And you get everything that we've been talking about, the whole fruit of the spirit, all Galatians 5, 22 and 23, right? Galatians 5, 22, yep. we read it every time. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, Today, we're going to talk about the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. This is one thing that I know that was established in my heart to worship and praise. As I begin to worship, and we're going to show you some scriptures that the word talks about worshiping God and praising God for how good he is, right? And so once you recognize the goodness of God, once he overwhelms you with the goodness uh, and you recognize how good of a father he is, and how good of a father, not only Ryan, how good he is, how good he is for you. Because I think sometimes we are disconnected. We can believe for other people, but this is one of the levels and areas, and I don't know about you, Ryan, but this is one of the areas in my life that I struggled big time because I could believe it for other people, but it was hard for to believe it that he was good for me, that he was good towards me. And once that thing broke in me, I'm telling you, once I understood how good God is and his goodness, it broke some. I know out of all the fruit of the spirit, this one is one for me that allowed me to see him as father like never before, because I had a misunderstanding and I had a corrupted view of a father. But the goodness side of him helped me understand who he was as a father. I think you you touched on something that's that's really important because I think it's easy to look at someone else and and see their that they are forgiven. But then anytime you try to conceptualize it, you start ha going through for some weird reason, 
you did this when you were 15 and this is how you were when you were a 17 year old kid. And this is, and this is how you lived your life. And it's, and it, it takes a bit of time to really take time with the Lord for him to break that stuff. And for you to get the full realization that like, I, I know you did that stuff, but I love, I loved you through it. And I love you now. And I'm going to continue to love you. Come on. Because my, Come my on. goodness, my goodness is, my goodness is beyond comprehension. My mercy, which we'll probably get into related to goodness is beyond comprehension. And I think if we, once we get to that place where we get that understanding and, and it's not like, um, it's not an intellectual understanding it is, but it's more of an, it's more of an encounter. It's an encounter that you, you encounter the mercy of God. Come on. Um, and usually that ends up with like probably tears and breaking down and realizing that you are a sinner and that you, there is beyond mercy, beyond what you could ever imagine. That's what breaks it off for. I know that that's how it was for me. I imagine that's what you're saying. It was for you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. To understand yep. that he's good towards you right now. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm going to say that again. I want you to pause for a second, whatever you're doing, and listen to these words. He's good towards you right now. No matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter how the good things that you do, the bad things that you do, he's good towards you right now. His mm -hmm. goodness is for you right now. He still thinks good of you, even though you don't think good of yourself. He, mm -hmm. he still thinks good of you beyond your actions. I'm going to say that again because it felt good coming out. He mm -hmm. still thinks good of you beyond your actions. See, his ability to see beyond your fault and your failure is uncomprehensible. Like, we don't even understand that he can see beyond how messed up we are. But he does. And his goodness reaches far beyond that. And I think sometimes... What we what we want is I'm gonna be good when I act good. I want you to be good to me when I'm when I'm goodable. <laughs> I just made up a word. When I'm goodable, we're making yep. up words in the podcast here. When I'm goodable, when I'm good enough for you, then you'll be good to me. And he's like, No, I'm always good. No matter how bad you are, I'm always good. And my goodness is always good. And so he's good today towards you for you now. And it's who he is. He can't get away from his nature. Do you understand? It is the nature of God to be good. And I think for us, for so many years, and this is what this broke for me, right? Because I, I, I was raised in religion. I was raised to see God as my mother with the belt. So I had a distorted view of God. Mm -hmm. I had a distorted view of his judgment. I had a, So I always saw him as, he's a good God, but man, if I act up, Man, there's mm -hmm. some bad tendencies in him, right? And so I'm gonna get smacked up. Right? Yeah. And I and, and and they used to quote scriptures like he chases those who he loved. And 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 this is what I thought when I heard that. When I heard that, Ryan, I heard he's 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 beating me because I'm not good enough for him mm. to love me. And yeah. and not understanding, no, he's chasing you not to be loved by him, he's chasing you because he loves you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, so, so just twitching that and understanding, oh, you mean you corrected me not so that I can get loved by you. You corrected me because you already love me. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm already with you. Right. And so yep. understanding the goodness of God 
leads you to the surrendered will, leads you to, to living a life that's dead to self. But unless you encounter his goodness, you will never be able to write because in his presence, once you enter into his goodness, then you do things out of his goodness, right? In the other way of religion, you think that you do things out of fear of wanting him to be good to you. That's a difference there. I want I don't miss this, right? So we do things out of fear of wanting him to be good to us. So I fear that he's so bad. And in order for me to get his attention, I'm going to do this so that he can be good. No, he's always good. Danny, and you, and as you're speaking, I, I was thinking about just in general of how, how us as people are raised and how we look at our, our biological parents or our parents that have raised us. We associate that experience with how God is as a father. And that's, that's where it's really difficult because a lot of people struggle to show who Jesus is to their kids and then their kids grow up and they look at it and say, well, you know, I believe my dad loves me, but then if I messed up, he would hit me. And then you go through this whole cycle, very similar to what you explained, where it's like, well, if that's how I see it, then God, when I read it, it sounds almost the same way where he's beyond, like he's not anywhere near that. But we, but again, we see a lot of things through very human eyes and, and what we see out in the world and what we've experienced from our own parents. And then we relate it to the God in the scriptures. Come on, let, let's read some scripture. Nahum 1-7, Nahum 1-7. I think I send these over to you. It says, mm -hmm. the Lord is good. I love that. Mm -hmm. Point in blank. Elohim, Ye Jehovah Elohim is good. That's it. There's no buts about it. He's good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust him. But I love it. It says, the Lord is good, comma. Right? Let's stop right there. The Lord, is, this is who he is. Psalms 34, 8 says this. Psalm 34, 8 says, oh, taste and see. Taste. Come on. Partake of and see that the Lord is good. There's an invitation to say, listen. You may have not met nothing good in your life, but the moment you taste of who he is, you're going to realize how good he is. Think about it. his goodness leads. Uh, I, I, I'm ahead of getting to get in ahead of. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Why? Why is blessed the man who trusts? Because you already tasted to see how good he is. So when you mm -hmm. see how good he is, and you taste to see how good he is, and you and you taste it, and that word taste. Can, can, I mean, I, I, it, the translation is so unbelievable. It's like I'm sitting there, I'm trying him, I'm testing him oh. and knowing how good he is. Once you test it and taste it, how good he is, you know, oh, he has abundance of goodness. He mm -hmm. doesn't wear out of goodness. His goodness, every time I turned around and I tasted this side of him, it always led to how good he was. Woo! Psalms 25, 7 to 8. Psalms 25, 7 to 8 says this. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgression. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake. Remember your mercy for your mercy. Remember for your goodness sake. Oh Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. Oh. Right? 
you were talking about that earlier. You gave it the you you sent me a definition that I think it'd be good to get right now uh, about mercy and goodness colliding. Um, and I love this because uh, mm-hmm. Psalms twenty five collides according to your mercy. Remember me for your goodness sake. Yep. Yeah. Do you want me to? Uh, yeah. You yeah. Want me yeah. To okay. Yeah. So. Um, so this was out of Exodus, uh, chapter twenty, verse six, and um, it talks about. And this is just uh, like a commentary. Um, this is when Moses meets God on Mount Sinai, and it talks about how when God revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai, he described himself as overflowing with goodness. This is one of the, the most significant words that describes God's character, and uh, it says it is often translated as mercy and sometimes as loving kindness. Remember what yep. mercy is. Grace is um, acceptance and favor that you didn't receive. Mercy is withheld punishment. Ah, oh, my goodness. I'm going to say that again. Imagine being a parent and parents in from mercy. I'm going to say that again. Imagine being a, these are one of the challenges in my life, uh, Ryan, as I have fathered my three beautiful daughters and as they're getting older, I was challenged by the thought, imagine if I'm as merciful as the father. Because mercy is withheld punishment. Do you understand what that means? It's, mm-hmm. it's you deserve to be punished for your actions, but I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to mm-hmm. be good to you instead. Yep. Woo, are you, are you, we take, uh, I mean, listen, I'm going to say this, man. I, I know, I know, I know folks are old school that are listening to me. I know my mom, I know my mom listens to me and we good. We take scriptures out of context to really show how evil we are. I'm going to say that again. So we yep. parent through that lens. And so we take all oh, the words that spare not the rod. Yeah. Well, yep. do you know what the word's saying there? The rod that it's talking about there is not something to spank a kid. Yep. The rod there is referred to the word of God. Oh man. Oh, remember, goodness. remember David said his rod and staff is company. Mm-hmm. Remember Psalms 23 says his rod and staff. Yep. All, right, all right, let's take that. So what is is David saying that what God uses to spank him comforts him? <laughs> no. Definitely do you know? Do you, all right, so this is why we need to understand the Hebrew language, right? Because then you can yep. take a scripture like that and say, Well, you know, I don't, you know, worship don't spare the rod, you spare the child, you spoil the child. Yeah. Oh, oh, because you don't understand what the rod is. Do you know what the rod was in scripture? I'm, I'm helping somebody. I'm helping a parent out here. Remember, if you can parent with the mercy, if you can father, I'm going to get into this because I think this changes mm-hmm. the dynamic because we have so much father wounds out there. Mm-hmm. We have so many father wounds, even in you and I, in you and I, yeah. that you had your dad. Your dad was a great dad. There's still father wounds. I didn't have a dad that was there, or, you know, me as a, a kid. So the father wounds keep us from allowing God's love to overflow on us. And God mm-hmm. wants to break this father wound. And I'm telling you, parents that are listening to me, parent with mercy. Parent, like key parents. I'm going to teach real quick what rod is. The rod and staff comforts me. What David was saying, what it says, you know, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. That word rod is literally meaning 
the rod of a shepherd. That's what he said about us. What they used to do with the rod is that they used to write the scriptures of the testimonies on the rod. So what if you look at a shepherd's rod or shepherd's staff, it was yep. written all over it. And what was written on it was the testimonies of past things that happened to the past because the rod was passed down from generation to generation. So what David was saying, the rod of staff comforts me, is that when he was reading his rod, his shepherd's staff rod, he was reading about the faithfulness of God. So what he was reading about the actions of God before to his forefathers. So that was comforting him knowing if he didn't fail them, he can't fail me. And so when it says you spoil the rod, you spare the child. What it says, if you, if you spare telling your kids how good God was, you'll spoil him <laughs> because he will live on his flesh. But if you tell him how good God is and you tell him who God is from the scriptural point of view, you won't spoil him because he'll live his life submitted to the God that you have introduced him to. So good, Danny. And I, <laughs> I think, uh, and I think this is, this is so important because you, how we, how we were parented shaped us who we were until we gave our lives to Jesus and Jesus has put his Holy spirit or, and God has put the Holy spirit in us to start to reshape who we are and who we were originally created to be. And I think we have to, I mean, my son, he's two and a half years old and I have to be conscious of how I parent him, how I say things to him, because even though he's little, he's going to internalize that and his experience is going to shape how he is. So I think us as parents, us as leaders of people, no matter if you're leading kids, like I'm a, I'm a teacher, I teach adolescents, probably one of the most volatile ages ever. And, and I know how I say things to a kid, they're going to take it a certain way. I have to be very conscious. I've told many of my coworkers that we have to be conscious of what we say and how we talk to kids. It's the same thing of if you're leading adults, Adults take things from leaders the same way. We have to be conscious of how we communicate because it's going to affect a lot more than we ever could imagine. I don't mean to be offensive on this. And, and this is this might sound offensive because I you know we we not this is not a, po a political uh podcast. This is a biblical podcast. But I have to mention this. I believe what we're seeing today politically um, and I know it's going to hurt, but I got to say <laughs> it. What we've seen today politically and what we've seen today in what people are calling themselves Christians and their reactions to this political thing, it's a misunderstanding of the goodness of God. And I will say this, it's, it's, it's a short sign that you have grown up in an environment that did not show you the goodness of God. Oh. Right? Because if you can storm the Capitol because you've got to try to punish somebody, because you was punished as a kid. You, you, you did not understood the mercies and the goodness of God. I'm going to say that. I know that hurts. I'm telling you, we are disfragmented when it comes to understanding. So the goodness of God and, and his mercies. And so because we, are, we, don't have, we're not, we don't understand the fullness of that, our projections into others is, is a misunderstanding and a, 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 a defragmented version of God. And so that's why I can say, Oh, he's, God is awesome, but I'm going to shoot you and kill you. 
God is good and loving and mercy, but I'm going to shoot you and kill you. See, when you truly know the mercies and goodness of God, and you know that, then, then those scriptures like love your enemies, <laughs> uh, do good to those who harm you, right? Then, because you understand. So if you was a kid that was beat up by your parents, because every time you did something wrong, then all you know is love as a transaction of right and wrong. And the love of God is not a transaction of right and wrong. After the Holy Ghost, just talk about this. I'm going to run out of here. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is it's always love. It's always good. And I know folks tell me this. I've literally have people with, with rage in their minds like, but you know, we got to No, You don't have to do nothing. Sit in his love. Sit in his goodness. We have to live in a world that love is enough. We have to live in a world that goodness is enough because in heaven, that's all you have. He is love. Yep. He is goodness. That's who he is. That is his nature. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we, we run into the problem where, like you were just saying, when you were on the phone with someone, we got to we got to do this. You, you think <laughs> you think you're in so much control that you're going to we're going to take this for the Lord. OK, let's be honest. He can do whatever he wants. He can allow you to do it. And that's fine, but like it's probably not his way. I was Come on. thinking of I was just thinking of um Second Kings chapter seven. Elisha was sitting there, and in the morning his servant comes to him. We're surrounded, and he's just eating breakfast. This is my prediction. I don't know if he was eating breakfast, and he was like he was like, Lord, open his eyes, because he saw thousands of fiery chariots surrounding the individuals that were trying to surround him angels and he was like look we're covered he wasn't concerned so like when we get all like oh man we got to do this for him the truth is like he can do whatever he wants and it's going to play out how he wants it to because that he's in control and like you said if we can just sit in his love love people and say holy spirit what do you need me to do or what would you want me to do and as as opposed to us stepping that that's the one thing we step in front of the holy spirit we're like i I don't want to wait for you so i'm just gonna go very much like king saul uh i didn't get the word of the lord so i'm just gonna do it like come on wait let's wait for the holy spirit to lead us and then we go do what he wants us to do, how he wants us to do, which is in love and is in mercy and is in kindness. And and what you're describing is pride and arrogance and pride comes before the fall. You want to do it your way because you want to be your own God. Now look at what 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, I will be a father to you and you should be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Listen Mm. to me. He will be a father to you. Now, the nature of a father According to Jesus, it's Matthew 7, 7. And I just got to read this real quick. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and it will you find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. To whom who knocks, it will be opened. Verse 9. Or what man is there among you? If his sons ask for bread, gives him a stone. Verse 10. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. Verse 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Verse 12, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. So this is the law of the prophets. What? (laughs) Oh, so what you're saying is 
Look at he talked about the nature of a father. He talked about the evil nature of a father, the true nature of yep. a father. Then he says, apply this. Apply yep. this. Whatever you want to do, apply this. You want mercy? Show mercy. You want goodness? Show goodness. You want love? Show love. People don't even understand. This is how you get the, re- this is, you want to get, uh, if you don't know who you are, start telling people who they are. And as you tell people who they are, you start knowing who you are. Oh. If you don't, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you don't know how, if you don't know, uh, if you never are served, start serving. Because in the action of serving, you will be served. I'm telling you, man. So here Jesus is giving us a glimpse of the father's heart. And he said, now you operate as a father. Now you go. Now our time is really running out here, man, because we're having such a good conversation. But let's go to, let's go to Psalms 107. Um, because I talked to, talk to you about praising the Lord. So we're going to see some things of, about the goodness of God now. And then we're going to land this plane. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Psalms, yeah. Psalms 107, 8 through 9 says this. Oh, that men will praise him and give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. There was a song back uh, in the days, oh, that man will give you praise, will give you praise, man. And when I when I read this, it brought me back to that line of that worship song. Oh, that men will praise him and give thanks to the Lord is for his goodness. When you think about how good he is, the number one response of goodness is worship and praise. That's it. Mm. You say how good he is to you. You go, whoa, thank you. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve your mercy. I didn't deserve, I deserve to be punished. And you decide not to punish me. What, I I mean, I would say, try that with your kids. You want to see a different reaction out of your kids? I mean, I know somebody, listen, I get it. But I'm telling you, when I put, started putting this into action with my kids, it's not that they, and this is the thing, I didn't do it so I can get a right action. I didn't do it so I can get them to do what I want them to do. I did it mm-hmm. so that they can experience who fa- the father God is. See, uh, someone experiences the father through you. Someone experiences the nature of God through you. When you then show mercy, which is withheld punishment for someone that deserves to be punished, it doesn't make sense to their natural man. That fallen Adamic nature goes, why would you do this? I deserve to be punished. Yeah, I'm going to show you the characteristics of the one I call father. This is how my father will act. And, and Danny, the, looking at big picture, this is, this is how, I was just thinking, this is why certain people, they might get saved in a prayer meeting with thousands, and then there an, ends up being some type of backsliding because that person in the immediate moment, they gave themselves to Jesus, right? But they don't have someone in their immediate life that is showing them Jesus on a consistent basis. And I think the only way that people are going to really want to walk with the Lord is that there's someone in their life that they just, it's one of their immediate people in their life, their small circle that knows the Lord and literally demonstrates the Lord Mm. so often that they actually, they, they say, this is what, this is who God is. 
this is what God is like. And that's why it's so important to bring heaven to earth. The, the things of heaven, that's why it's so important to bring them to earth so that our kids, you they see something enough. They experience something enough. They're like, that's the father. Like, that's that's who God is. That's who Jesus is. It's, it's, it's vital for every person to have at least one person to demonstrate that. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Think about what you just said. You said, oh, taste. That's what you're saying. Oh, uh -huh. taste and see. Yep. Oh, yep. taste and see that he is good. Right? Because if you haven't, I, I will say this, and I know this is going to be offensive again. I don't mean to be offensive this morning. <laughs> I think a lot of times we said people have tasted and they never tasted. Mm. If you taste of religion, you have a reason to backslide. I, I gotta say this. I, I know. I know some people are gonna not like what I'm gonna say here. I think once you tasted the real thing, there's no way you can get away from it. Hey man, so good. Once you tasted the real thing, once you taste it. Now, if you taste something that's not real, there's ways to run away from it. Once you in, are introduced to the real Father, mm -hmm. there's no. There, first of all, there's no way that He lets you go. Yep. I'm gonna say that again. That's for another time, another day. All right. Look at Psalms 23:6 says. Uh, Cause that's that's a whole nother, that's a whole other teaching. <laughs> Psalms twenty three six this says this, surely goodness and mercy. Mama, we talked about how goodness and mercy go to surely goodness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow you. Do you understand? Goodness and mercy follows you. It goes after you. It runs after you. It seeks after you. It's running you down. You can't run away from his goodness, even if you think you can run away from his goodness. All right. I'm going to keep mm -hmm. on going. Psalms 27, 13 to 14. I got three or four more of these, and then we're going to land the plane. Mm -hmm. I will have lost my heart unless I have believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right. It's not only following you, not only going to tell you, you're going to be able to see it. You're going to be able to see how good he is to you. Psalms 33, 4 to 5 says this. The word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So he's following you. You see it, and it'll be all around you because the earth is full of his goodness. Romans 2, 4 says, Oh, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads into repentance. Why? Because it's following you. You're seeing it, and the earth is full of it. And so when the earth is full of it, and you can see it in its fullness, then all you, all that can come out of you is what? Lord, I repent. Lord, mm -hmm. I'll give you everything. Once you see how good he is, if you come into repentance any other way than through the door of goodness, I would say that is religion. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. Come, I would say that is religion. Romans 15, 14 says this. Now I myself am confidence concerning you, my brother, that you also are full of goodness, full with his knowledge, and able to admonish one another. So how do you admonish one another? When you are not only experiencing the goodness, are not only in the atmosphere of goodness, but goodness is flowing out of you. Because I give out that which I experience. I give out that which I live in. If I live in goodness, I'm going to give goodness out. Paul saying, listen, goodness is going to flow out of you because you're full of it. You're full of the goodness. 
And then that's how you're going to be able to be admonishing to one another is through the goodness. So let's land this plane. Second mm -hmm. Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12 says this. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this call. Oh, what call are you talking about? Paul, what, what call? And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord. How is God glorified in you? How are you walking in the worthy of the call that he's called us? When you are fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, when mm. you fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, when you fulfill, when you are walking in the fullness of his goodness, that shows salvation, that shows Christ, that shows everything that you can show from heaven when you're walking in the fullness of his goodness. Danny, that's so good. And I just, I want to encourage people that I think it, th this is, this is the daily walk. I know there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, and maybe I, I don't know who I'm speaking to listener wise, but there's a lot of people that they start to chase miracles and they start to chase um, living this beyond supernatural life and, and doing all, and doing all these things for the kingdom, which is all well and good. But this has a very practical implication of like walking out, walking out our daily life, being showing the Holy Spirit kindness, showing the Holy Spirit goodness. And then, yes, if you encounter someone that's demonically possessed, you cast it out in the name of Jesus. And if you see someone sick, you lay of hands and you see the Lord heal them. But I feel like I'm probably, I could be talking to myself or others that do not chase all of these moments literally just live the normal moments and when you encounter it you're already equipped with the holy spirit to deal with the demon to deal with the sickness but don't chase it don't be thinking about the next miracle when you're sitting with your kid just be there with your kid and show the love of god that's that's what Oof. i got <laughs> man we're gonna leave it like that man we're gonna leave it listen Live in his goodness. Let his goodness overwhelm you. And I promise you, you will see life and people and him differently. And Father, we pray this morning that the goodness of God leads people to repentance. We pray that you show forth your people, your goodness, and how good of a God you are and how amazing you are. And so, listen, we love you guys. We can't wait uh, for our next podcast. Uh, we're going to dedicate it to Thanksgiving because we're moving into Thanksgiving. We love you guys. Uh, Maranatha, shalom. Until next week, blessings. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.